For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey Colts fans, this is Jake Arthur here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Stay updated while we get this show started by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts and rating it, especially on iTunes, five stars if you would. Thank you so much for joining me, guys. Uh, This is, of course, our very first episode of the Believe in Colts podcast, and I am psyched to get it started. Just a little bit about me. I cover the Colts for Sports Illustrated's Colts website, allcolts.com, after I spent the last few years with the team's official website, colts.com. I don't just cover the Colts, though. I also do quite a bit of fantasy football. I'm on Fantasy Pro's expert panel there, uh, and I'm also definitely an NFL draft junkie. I've covered both the Senior Bowl and the Scouting Combine live so I'm very much into those NFL extracurriculars. I'm really excited about this opportunity to, to talk Colts and the NFL football with you guys over the air. I've wanted to do a podcast for a while, and it just so happens this opportunity with Believe. I, I think it's really, uh, really a good setup for me to finally go ahead and, and start doing that. I live in central Indiana here in Colts country with my beautiful wife and our dog. And we're expecting our first child in January, so we're pretty excited about that. Of course, with all that and all the pleasantries out of the way, uh, we'll go ahead and focus on the Colts and just do a a quick little recap of their loss last week to the Jacksonville Jaguars before we move on to a preview of this Sunday's home opener at Lucas Oil Stadium with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Of course, the, the Colts were expected to pretty much handily uh, kind of strangled the, the Jaguars last week, and that's not how it went at all as they lost 27-20. to 20. They started out hot, uh, but then they lost running back Marlon Mack to an Achilles injury for the year. And it just seemed like offensively, they, they just totally had to regroup and, and figure things out as they went. And uh, they just had some self-inflicted wounds along the way. Um, they, they did outgain the Jaguars by 204 yards offensively. Uh, but Phillip Rivers had a couple of interceptions. They had some untimely penalties. And T.Y. Hilton had a couple of drops on their final drive where they were driving down the field to, to tie it up. Uh, defensively, it was kind of all about the pass defense. Uh, they, they did get to Gardner Minshew four times, and they put consistent pressure on him. But he was efficient as hell. He only, he only missed one pass. He went 19 for 20. And, of course, in the NFL, if, if that's what you're working with, you're going to come out on top more often than not. Looking ahead to this week, the Colts look to right a lot of those wrongs that they had against Jacksonville and get out of the 0-1 hole that they've, they've started out each season since 2013 doing. For this week, I went ahead and, and talked with one of my Vikings buddies who's covered the team for a very long time. 
we actually had just wrapped up a segment on his podcast, The Homer Horn. Here's my friend Chris Shad helping us break down this week's Colts-Vikings matchup. All right, everybody, I've got Chris Shad here, the host of the Homer Horn podcast, as well as a writer for Zone Coverage, Bring Me the News, and the Viking Age. We're actually wrapping up a segment here on uh, Chris's Homer Horn podcast, uh, just kind of going over a preview of Colts and Vikings this week. So for your listening pleasure, I'm going to go ahead and ask someone who's a bit of a Vikings expert about that team and this matchup this weekend. So, Chris, how are we doing tonight, brother? You know, Jake, I'm doing great. I'm I'm still reeling from the Packers just curb stopping the Vikings on Sunday. But, you know, we'll get through it, of course. In one game, there's a 15 games left in the season. So, cliche, cliche, cliche. But, you know, hopefully it starts with a turnaround in Indianapolis. Of course, I don't think your viewers <laughs> would hope for the same things. But we'll, hey, we'll how- go with that. Half of them have already gone mad over what just happened with the Jaguars last week. Um, like uh, I said, I, I mean, at least you guys had control of the game for a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, early it started out okay and then got away from them a little bit. <laughs> uh, looking at your guys' matchup last week, the, the Vikings taking on the Packers, uh, old A-Rod, Aaron Rodgers, ha- had a bit of a vintage performance going for, what, 364 and four touchdowns? What what went into that? How did, uh, how did Minnesota lend that to him? Well, the only stop that got laid on Aaron Rodgers on Sunday was the end of those uh, awful double discount agent commercials for State Farm or whatever <laughs> they are. I, I know he's got the one with the dog, which is actually kind of funny, but – the agent ones used to drive me up a wall. Uh, Rogers could have had an even bigger game, believe it or not, because he had about 360 yards, but Marquez Valdez Scantling dropped a couple of long bombs that could have been a touchdown and could have been another long reception that could have pushed him over that 400 mark. And the biggest reason for that was the Vikings just didn't get any pressure on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, their defensive line has been kind of a work in progress. Uh, they were kind of blindsided by the Daniel Hunter injury, which was kind of a, it was described as a tweak by Mike Zimmer at the beginning of training camp. And, and then it just kind of deteriorated. He wasn't practicing. Nobody knew what was going on. All of a sudden you had the Yannick and Gakwe trade, uh, which was great because everybody thought you were going to have Hunter and Gakwe on both sides. And then nothing happened. I mean, Mike Zimmer blitzed more than usual against Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he sent Anthony Barr on blitzes. He had Anthony Barr line up on the defensive line, which has not happened very much during Anthony Barr's career to the chagrin of Vikings fans. And when it came, push came to shove, they just could not get in Aaron Rodgers' face. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, Aaron Rodgers is watched. He's going down. That's why the Packers drafted Jordan Love. If you don't get it in the face of an NFL quarterback, it's basically like Aaron Rodgers playing cornhole. Like he just <laughs> had all day to throw, found guys downfield. And I think the Vikings gave up five plays of over 38 yards. That is not a Mike Zimmer defense. Wow. So uh, you had no pressure on the defensive line. Uh, you also had Aaron Rodgers sustaining drives and taking advantage of having no fans by getting a couple of offside penalties on third and short. And then you also had a very young cornerback group that has Mike Hughes, who only had five career starts coming into Sunday's game, Holton Hill, who's been in Mike Zimmer's doghouse throughout. And then you also had uh, 
Cameron Dantzler and Jeff Gladney, who mixed in and out. I think Dan, uh, Gladney only had like nine snaps on Sunday. It was just a very bad mix of conditions for the Vikings. As the game kind of got closer, I think Viking fans were kind of bracing for the worst. But the way the Vikings played on Sunday, I mean, you look at the final score, it was 42 to 34. Uh, or 43 to 34 excuse me it just was a very no good awful afternoon for the Vikings well I mean Philip Rivers didn't have the the same game that Rodgers had last week but he did finish with just one less yard and uh, he had a, a pass protection performance up front that offensive coordinator Nick Sirianni considered one of the best he's ever seen while in the NFL so are you saying Rivers might have a shot at a similar performance this week? Uh, you know, I'm not a big Philip Rivers guy. I, I think a lot of my experience with Philip Rivers living in the Midwest, just like you, is on the Red Zone channel. And I had mm -hmm. Melvin Gordon for years, and he drove me nuts because every time I'm like, okay, Chargers are ahead. They're going to grind it out with Melvin Gordon. And then you see Philip Rivers chucking up uh, Jameis Winston YOLO balls <laughs> into triple coverage and everything. And I, I think the whole Frank Reich thing of going, well, I can get the old Philip Rivers back. I, I don't know about that, man. And I haven't had the chance to watch Sunday's game. That's something I plan to do uh, in my preparation here. But I, I think with Rivers, especially in that offense. I mean, there's no way that the Colts wanted Phillip Rivers to throw 46 times on Sunday. I mean, they were talking all off season about how we're going to pound the rock. We're going to have Jonathan Taylor, Naeem Hines, all, all of those guys in the backfield, even Jordan Wilkins, we're going to have them pound the rock and kind of make Phillip Rivers life easier. And Rivers just couldn't help himself. Of course, that second interception, you were saying he regretted it as soon as he threw it. And that's the Philip Rivers we know and love. So I, I don't know if if the Vikings don't get pressure on Philip Rivers. I mean, he's an NFL quarterback. If you don't get a hand in his face, he could probably make throws all day long. But uh, it, I mean, with Philip Rivers kind of at this stage of his career and what we saw last week, there could be an opportunity for the Vikings to make a play. They just need to get pressure and help out those young corners because if they don't, it's going to be a lot of the same. Yeah, and speaking of that pressure, you touched on this a little bit already, but obviously this is a much different-looking Vikings defensive line than we're used to seeing. Uh, Everson Griffin out, Daniil Hunter hurt, and now Yannick Ngakwe is in, and he's, he's terrorized the Colts for a few years now. Uh, what I mean, I know it's it's a really small sample size, but what have you seen from him in that one game? You know, he didn't play well on Sunday, and I think there were a couple of reasons for that. Uh, you got to remember, Ngakwe was not practicing at all throughout 2020 because of that contract dispute with the Jaguars. Of course, he had no OTAs or anything, so the first time he was on a football field was the day after he got traded to the Vikings, and he had to learn the playbook, which – I, I kind of mischaracterized as, hey, uh, Yannick, you see Aaron Rodgers back there? Go hit him hard as you can. Got it? Okay, good. And he dinged up his ankle. He was switching in with Jalen Holmes, who is kind of a player that is hanging on for dear life to an NFL career right now. I, I think that Ngakwe will be fine in time. You obviously are more familiar with him than I am. But right now, with nobody else on that line, he's the center of attention. So not only 
are you inexperienced with the playbook? You haven't been on the football field in a while, but you're also probably drawing double teams because nobody's going to be afraid of Shamar Steffel and Jaleel Johnson. And the Vikings weren't too fond of Afadi Adedigbo being the full-time defensive end uh, coming into this season. That's why they made the Ngakwe trade. So I, I think until we see Daniil Hunter in this lineup, we won't see the best of Ngakwe. And, and really, remember this too, the Vikings should have Michael Pierce in the middle of that line too, who opted out for COVID-19 concerns. So really, the Vikings defensive line has a temporary void of talent at, on the front end in terms of starters goes. So I think Ngakwe will kind of start off slow. I think you guys are catching him at a good time, even though he's terrorized you in the past. But I think that as time goes on, as weapons kind of return around him, I think he'll be a very good piece of the Vikings for years to come. Well, well fortunately for him, he doesn't have Marlon Mack to stiff arm him this week. Unfortunately, Marlon Mack going out with the, uh, the Achilles injury this week. Uh, on the flip side, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, Kirk Cousins, you really just – you never know what you're getting with this guy. You could get a really conservative approach – you could get bombs. You just really don't know. Last week, he had over 10 – he averaged over 10 yards per pass attempt. That, that's a really high number. Uh, what went into that? Are, are we seeing conservative Kirk? Are we seeing uncork it Kirk? What's going on? This is one of the biggest talking points coming out of the Green Bay game because after every game, it's kind of how much was this loss Kirk's fault? And on Sunday, through the first three quarters, you know, the Vikings were down 29 to 10. And he was six for 10 for about 65 yards and an interception. You're going, all right, Kirk, come on, do something. But the Vikings didn't have the ball long enough to establish a game plan. The Packers held the ball for two-thirds of that game on Sunday. So the Vikings never really had time for anything to do. And by the time they did, it was too late. It was 29 to 10. So the Packers might have been just laughing and that's why they gave up those points to Kirk Cousins late. You know, Kirk, Kirk is an enigma because when you look at the pro football focus stats this morning, Kirk was fourth in the NFL in overall grade. And like, if you watch the game, you're going, what the, what, huh? what? I, like he's, he's just weird because if you look purely at stats, Kirk Cousins is a top five quarterback in the NFL. He puts up about 4,000 yards a year. He throws for about 25 to 30 touchdowns. He's going to get 10 interceptions, but there are times where he just plays timid. And at the beginning of that game, especially one of the big turning points of that game was a fourth and three in the third quarter. The Vikings were driving. They were trying to sustain a drive. Kirk Cousins has Tajay Sharp and Adam Thielen on go routes. Now you're an AFC South guy. Who would you throw the ball to in that situation? Probably neither. <laughs> no, but Adam. Wow. See, wow. I see Adam. Adam Thielen. Thielen's on your fantasy team, dude. I I love him. No, he's he is uh, he is good at the deep ball. I just see him as a a great crafty route runner. But he does have deceptive speed, and he gets separation. <laughs> yeah, and and the Vikings, Kirk Cousins was back there. He chucks it deep to Tajay Sharp. Mm-hmm. A Y B. I mean, it wasn't even a good throw. He overthrew him about two or three steps. So once the pressure was off, Kirk Cousins went to Garbo time, Blake Bortles mode, and just started torching the Packer defense. Now, unfortunately, the Packers also kept torching the Vikings defense. There was no let up on that side. So that's why you had your shootout. 
I, I just thought it was very funny uh, watching Red Zone and Scott Hansen going, you got to look at this game in Minneapolis. The Vikings and the Packers, they've combined for 1,000 total yards. They're both boarding with 500 total yards right now. And I'm going, yeah, most of them were when the Packers didn't care, man. Like, <laughs> why? Well, that's, so, why, that's uh, why he's the best. You got you gotta you gotta hype up your audience on red zone sometimes. <laughs> oh, I, I just love the fact that he goes from game to game like we're gonna go to Detroit. Detroit just got scored on by Chicago, but now Matt Stafford looking for DeAndre Swift and it's out of his hands. Now we go down to Dallas. Dallas isn't even playing light night, but they'll play it Sunday night football. You gotta check that out. Now over to Green Bay. Green Bay driving down one more time on Kirk Cousins. This impression's going way too long, but I but <laughs> your your listeners definitely get the point here hey that's a hell of a first show my guy that was awesome <laughs> hey uh, hey I, I do what i can oh yeah absolutely showing out for the first show uh I'll, I'll get you one more here um you know both both teams vikings colts it did not work out for them last week uh i know from the colts perspective they really shot themselves in the foot the vikings may have just been overmatched Knowing what you know now about both sides, what do you foresee happening this weekend in Indianapolis? It's tough because last week I I felt the loss against the Packers coming on because I knew there wasn't a lot of experience. I knew that the Vikings were a little shell-shocked maybe by the Daniel Hunter uh, injury. And I think that once they got out to the Packers, it was kind of like, oh, um, I think Philip Rivers is a little bit worse than where Aaron Rodgers is in his career. I think that that cover two defense is going to play a little bit better in terms of what the Vikings want to do. I see, I foresee a Justin Jefferson big game for the Vikings. And I think I, I haven't really thought about a prediction because I haven't, like I said, I haven't watched the Colts game yet. So I kind of still got to learn about them more. But I mean, that running game of the Colts, man, Jonathan Taylor, he's a beast. As a Minnesota sports fan, I know all about Jonathan Taylor because he killed my Gophers for four straight years, actually three straight years because he came out as a junior. Um, I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm just super down on the Vikings. I see a Colts win, and I see the Vikings going to 0-2 and going, what the heck happened? Now, you guys do have Xavier Rhodes, who I think joined your team because the medical tent is the same color as your uniforms. But <laughs> I, I think that, you know, I think there are some advantages. I think it's going to be a very close game, but I'm a pessimist. I, I just don't see the Vikings pulling this out. I don't think they're a winning football team this year. I think they're Jeff Fisher special all the way, that 7-9 and nine record. And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really interested to see this game, see how it turns out. And it'll be a fun game to watch on Sunday, I think. You've been hurt too many times before, brother. I feel that. I feel that. When, when you have the <laughs> Minneapolis miracle and then go out and lose 38-7, a little piece of you dies, man. Oh, like, geez. You have oh. no I, – I know you guys have had your playoff heartbreak too, but, man, Yeah. <laughs> Well, my friend, I thank you for your insights. And uh, I mean, good luck, but also not good luck. Uh, I mean, I maybe you can prepare <laughs> for a, a bad draft or a good draft pick next year. I don't I don't know. I, I don't want to wish you too much good luck, but hope you don't stay hey, heartbroken. If the Vikings wind yeah. up with Trevor Lawrence, I'll take it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think you will there. <laughs> That's fine. All right, man. Well, uh, I appreciate everything. And uh, we'll talk to you next time we link up for some fantasy or draft or 
you know, when the Colts and Vikings in, inevitably meet in the Super Bowl, I guess. Absolutely. I got, like I said, I was just pessimist, but uh, I, I would take that. If we're talking in February about a Colts Vikings Super Bowl, <laughs> albeit none of us can attend, but right. I, I mean, it'd be a great time. <laughs> hey, I mean, if it's going to be any time, it'll be during a weird pandemic season. Does that come yeah. with an asterisk? If you win like a fantasy football championship or your team wins the Super Bowl, does that count this year? Damn right it does. Okay, okay. I'll take that. Thanks again to Chris for his time. For more on the Colts-Vikings matchup this week, be sure to subscribe to Chris's podcast, The Homer Horn, as well as the Believe in Vikings podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network featuring Bryant McKinney and Dustin Baker. Looking at this matchup, uh, on the offensive side of the ball, I really think the Colts have the opportunity to do something here. I mean, the, the Vikings got squashed last week. Um, their defense did. Aaron Rodgers went for 364 and four touchdowns. The Vikings gave up about 150, 160 yards on the ground. So pick your poison, you know, run game, pass game. The Colts should be able to do something there. Uh, Phillip Rivers, if he can clean up those two interceptions, he, he got the ball out quickly. He was accurate in general when he was making those correct reads last week. So could expect a bounce back from him. Uh, as far as the running backs go, we know there's a little more definition now uh, with the unfortunate injury to Marlon Mack. Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines are going to primarily carry the load there. Uh, I'm sure we'll see some Jordan Wilkins peppered in there as well. They, they do like Naheem Hines, not just as, as a pass-catching threat, though. Uh, they might have him in there on, on early downs running the ball as well, like we saw last week. Um, even, even on fourth and short inside the opponent's five-yard line, apparently. So uh, we'll keep an eye out there. Rivers did go 17 of 17 last week, targeting running backs in the passing game. Uh, so you've got to assume that the running backs are going to keep catching passes this week. That screen game was working really well. I mean, Jonathan Taylor went 35 yards almost for a touchdown on his first career touch last week on a, on a screen pass. So, yeah, just keep an eye out for that. Um, you know, th those running backs also, again, they, they should have a good chance on the ground as the Vikings rank near the bottom of the league in run defense in, in a few categories now. So that definitely bodes well for the Colts running backs. Uh, defensively, the Colts generally do a pretty good job taking care of the run game. Uh, Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison is a pretty tall order, but we've seen that the Colts are capable of it, especially now that DeForest Buckner joins uh, Justin Houston and Darius Leonard there in that front seven. Uh, what I'm a little most concerned about for the Colts' defense this week is in the passing game. You know, of course, like we talked about, Gardner Minshew kind of carved him up a little bit last week. Kirk Cousins is the type of quarterback that'll that'll kind of sit back and take what the defense gives him, and he will go deep too. He did that plenty last week in, in the second half. So we, when the media spoke to defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus this week, I asked him about that. Uh, you know, after coming off a week where there was only one incompletion from the opposing quarterback, Kirk Cousins is the type of guy to be more patient. And so you're going to have to tighten up those windows. And uh, so Iberflus kind of elaborated on what they'll have to do about that going forward in this matchup. 
Hey, Coach. Uh, coming off a game where there was only one incompletion, you've got a quarterback this week in Kirk Cousins who often just kind of takes what the defense gives him. How can you shrink up those windows this week and maybe force him into some more difficult throws? Yeah, I think it's 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 like any week. You know, you want to take away uh, what they're doing um, early in the down by rerouting receivers, by match. You know, if you're playing match coverage, you want to do that. If you're playing man free, you want to be tight in your coverage. So we do all those different things during the course of the game, and uh, you know, we got to do a great job of handling the run game. You know, because everything runs through their halfback, and uh, we know that with this group, and uh, it's going to be a big challenge for us uh, uh, going forward this week. Like Eberflus mentioned, throwing those receivers off of their routes to disrupt their timing and get a little more physical with them will be a key in uh, in preventing guys like Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, B.C. Johnson from kind of going off on them. Uh, looking at this matchup from a fantasy perspective for the Colts, if you haven't already checked out my fantasy preview on allcolts.com, uh, the guys I highlighted as potential uh, as potential big plays this week Philip Rivers, and then his his leading receivers, T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell, and then the running backs, Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. Uh, I mean, we, we've already touched a bit on those guys, but I like Rivers to bounce back. Uh, if you look at last week, he finished the week as QB 22, but if you take away those two interceptions, he moves all the way up to QB 13, and that's not factoring in the extra statistics he would have accumulated from those drives continuing. So... I think he's got a good floor this week and a really high ceiling. As for the running backs, you know, this Colts offense is built on running the ball. Jonathan Taylor looks like a beast just kind of waiting to get unleashed. And the Vikings have allowed that. Uh, And then as far as the receivers go, I loved T.Y. Hilton last week. Uh, I may have actually talked a little bit of shit about how good he was going to do about against that young Jaguar secondary. And it just didn't quite go that way. Um, so in in effort to not fall into that same trap again, I'll just say that he's going to be determined. I'm sure he's going to have a hell of a week of practice. And uh, I, I think he could be a, a pretty dangerous play this week in that matchup. Same for Campbell. Uh, both he and Hilton led the team in targets last week with eight. Uh, Campbell had six receptions for 71 yards had a couple uh, chunk plays. So everything they planned for him last year, it looks like it's kind of coming to fruition this year. With that, I don't really know what else there is to say about this weekend's matchup. Uh, so we'll move along. Uh, something I, w- I want to do here um, each week or each episode just before we wrap up the show is I'd like to shout out a local business or a local product something that I actually have experience patronizing or using myself just to kind of, you know, put some smaller businesses on the map, especially with all all the COVID stuff going on and, uh, you know, people kind of struggling to to keep their businesses afloat. Uh, This first one I'd like to mention is the Books and Brews uh, franchise of bars. Uh, it's a really cool place. My my favorite one is in Brownsburg. I've been to a couple of them, but I, I, and I really like the Brownsburg one. Uh, great craft beer. Uh, my go-to there is the Clifford. It's their red ale, but they've got plenty of good ones overall. Uh, great food. I, I think their soft pretzel is for real. Uh, they've got they've got uh, non pizzas. Uh, the pita bread there. 
uh, it's it's just a great atmosphere. They've got board games. They've got books, obviously, as you can tell from their name. Uh, they do trivia nights. They do live music. Uh, it's just a really cool atmosphere. Uh, there's a little bit of out- outdoor seating there as well. Uh, so, again, they've got several locations all over central Indiana. Uh, Noblesville, uh, I think Speedway, Brownsburg. Uh, so check one out if, if you've got one in your area. So that's it for this episode, guys. Thanks for hanging with me in my very first podcast appearance on this show. Uh, remember, we're just getting started, uh, so please subscribe to Believe in Colts wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, please leave us a five-star review if you wouldn't mind. It'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, you can find us pretty much anywhere. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, and more. If you've got any questions you'd like me to answer on the podcast, uh, you can always reach me on Twitter or Facebook at JakeArthurNFL. Uh, you can also get us on Twitter and Facebook at Believe in Colts. That's B L E A V I N C O L T S, as well as email at Believe in Colts at gmail.com. Uh, Please feel free to follow my written work at allcolts.com. I team up there with Philip B. Wilson to bring you wall-to-wall Colts coverage. Uh, And then, last but not least, if you're interested in advertising with Believe, or this show in particular, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in, and we will talk to you here after this matchup. Take care. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.